0: Hey, welcome to Driven by Design, the only show that shows you the future of automotive design, one conversation at a time, with our driven designer, Brian Thompson. Hey, Brian.
1: howdy. Howdy, how are you?
0: Today we're going to talk about what drives you. And there's yeah. a uh, philanthropy project that you have uh, undertaken here that I find fascinating and that others who listen to the show might want to participate. Tell us a little bit about the backstory of what this is you've created and, and
1: why. Yeah, and uh, one of the exciting things about this podcast is sort of telling people's stories, right? Yeah, so, right. Hey, we'll tell mine. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've been a car designer for two decades, 20 years now. As I've gone through this industry that I love, I'm really interested in finding some way to give back. So I created a a car design scholarship for LGBTQ design students, Right, and it's managed through Art Center College of Design and College for Creative Studies.
0: And where's that at, for those who don't know?
1: For sure. Art Center is um, based in Pasadena, California, and College for Creative Studies is in Detroit, Michigan. And they've helped me establish the fund, and we are in the process of fundraising and uh, establishing a selection committee. It's really cool.
0: And those are the two schools, correct me if I'm wrong, where more car designers come out of than anywhere else. Because this isn't a field, even within the field of design, there are those who do cars, and they're sort of a separate tribe they don't they don't fit they don't fit the uh, confines of the traditional industrial art design program true i yeah. mean lgbt or not you guys are a are unique <laughs> yeah. breed of cat
1: and we always say that yeah we're, we're we're we are kind of a funny tribe within that, and, and then being gay and top of that is another tribe within a tribe within yeah, a tribe. But you know,
0: right.
1: it, it, car design is such an interesting field. You do have to go to special school for it. There's actually three schools really recognized in America: Academy of Art in San Francisco, where my mentor Tom Matano teaches, mm-hmm. uh, College for Creative Studies, and then Art Center College of Design. And they really do they teach obviously sort of all, all sorts of uh, fields, but they really are the preeminent car design schools that the actual car industry hires their, their talent from.
0: Now that's not where you went originally though you went to Arizona State was it
1: I did I did and that is part of the story I went to Arizona State studying architecture and I ended up dropping out of Arizona State I think the seeds for this scholarship were planted at that moment
0: (laughs) right exactly so talk about that because they made you feel like well I don't know what he's doing here but it doesn't fit what we do
1: exactly yeah um so you know and the reason I created the scholarship for car designers specifically is this story so when I was studying architecture, there is a, a sensibility to car design that a car designer has that an architect and a product designer don't have. That's not taking anything away from their talent. It's just that cars are so much focused on surface and proportion and they're very they're almost like fine arts within a corporate structure mm-hmm. meaning with the way the ways cars are designed. And there there is a very special skill set and talent to be a car designer. Now what i see and what have you know what i experienced firsthand hand was that um A lot of students that have this special skill, if they're being taught by a product designer or an architect, they may be misled to believe that they will never make it as a designer because they don't think cerebrally enough or they're not great at mathematics or they're not thinking in very logical terms. But that's not what car design is about. Car design is emotion and it's fiery and it's passionate. And so this happened to me. I remember going to talking to a guidance counselor about why I was struggling in this field of architecture to create Things that felt like cars, and they told me, you know, hey, you know, car design is high premium. Every young man comes through here.
0: Sexy, it's fun, but let it go. Okay, nobody let really, go. nobody does that. Yeah.
1: Or you know, or you, yeah. Also, that you know, you really need to buckle down and learn these skills. And what it turned out is that that was absolutely wrong advice. And something kicked in in, in my brain, and I dropped out of college. Uh, I moved to France. I had like remedial French lessons, and I moved to France. <laughs> Met a guy in a bar. He let me live in a trailer outside of his uh, shop. He was a mechanic. And I proceeded to go to every car design studio I could find in Europe and knock on the door. Yeah,
0: literally knock on the door until somebody would come out. Right.
1: Literally knock on the door and say, How do you become a car designer? You know, it was at Fiat in Torino, Italy that a man named Peter Davis was the design director at the time. And he stopped what he was doing that day, and I can only imagine he was very busy, or right? he had Alfa Romeo, Fiat, and Lancia under his command. And there's some uh, kid he, outside
0: that wants to talk to you about his dream here.
1: Yep, exactly. So again, you know, planting the seeds for this. He changed my life. He told me where to go to school and, and, how, to, and how to become a car designer. And I ended up going to Art Center, College of Design in Switzerland, and then College for Creative Studies in Detroit. At yeah, that time, uh, right. center had a campus in Switzerland. And I'll tell you what, when I got there, I realized this entire time, this feeling of misfit vaporized. I had found my tribe. I was with people that had this skill set to design cars. And, you know, I think in life, there are these moments where you go along and somebody approaches you needing help and you either turn right and you focus on yourself or you turn left and you go, you know what, I'm going to take a moment here and help this person. And I think everybody who's ever done anything uh, significant has that story. I they, agree. They, somebody stop what they're doing. I, you know, I can only imagine what Peter had going on that day, right? Me coming in there, this dirty kid. I know I slept on a park bench that night before. Like, I was that broke. So I couldn't have smelled very good, right? And so, like, he just saw something and... He spent the day with me that changed my life.
0: He took the time. He took a chance. Let me tell you a really funny story, a quick aside here. It has nothing to do with the car business, but uh, at the radio station, we get interviewed all sorts of celebrities and whatnot. And an old 80s superstar, I'm of the age, I remember the 80s here, came through town here, Gino Vanelli. You'd have to go Google him, look him up. Lots of big hits, uh, romantic pop melodies in the 80s here. And he told his story, which is much like yours, how he got discovered Back in the 70s, he's a kid from Montreal, didn't know anybody in the business, had a dream, had a stack of songs he'd written, and he came to Hollywood. And of course, like the Hollywood story goes, nobody would listen to him. Knocked on every door, and he's down to his last five bucks, literally. And he's broke, and he's going to get back on the bus tomorrow with his tail between his legs and go back home, and I say, I guess I'm never going to live this dream. I thought it was for real. And he literally says, like the song, The Mamas and the Papas. California dream and he went into a church and he began to pray and the prayer hit him go and try and break into A&M records and see if you can meet the great Herb Albert the impossible oh. dream so he stood outside all day eight hours outside the studio gates and they keep saying you got to get out of here kid and if you try and run through here we're going to rest you." I know I got it and as soon as he saw Herb Albert walk out into the parking lot he darted in ran up to him and as the guards had dragged him he said please mr albert would you listen to this and the guy stopped and said okay let him go guys and gave him two minutes and two weeks later he was signed to a and m records with karen carpenter and joe cocker and the police and all these other people i mean it's that kind of passion yeah Yeah. Yeah. and i tell that story because that's your story and i don't think people believe those stories oh yeah one in a million but to have that kind of desire to be that driven to do something is an amazing quality. Maybe that's what it takes to succeed.
1: Well, and I think you know it's the drive, it's the timing. It's You know, sometimes it's, it's it's dumb luck, but it's also you have to have the talent to back it up. You know, yes, I think that, that's Peter, what
0: he said when he got his couple of moments. He said, "I've been working all my life for this, so I had my two minutes of to get in front of the guy. I I had to be ready.
1: You had to be ready. And you know, when I had like a little portfolio of, of cars I drew, and you know, and, and and it was amazing. What Peter told me, he said, "You're you're going to apply to this school." Uh, This is where you go. And he said, and don't draw cars. He said, they're going to teach you to draw cars. You go back and you draw people. Yeah, you said
0: that. I never. Yeah, right. (laughs) Because cars are about people, as we've said on the show. It's something you put on. It's a personality that you associate with your own personality. I'm this car. This car is me come to life. It's the personification of what I see myself as. Well, I think that the purpose, that when you told me the story that you're going to do this scholarship and you're doing it with these schools, not only your story of how you felt, I didn't know where I belonged, not mm-hmm. just because you're in a small town and you're gay, but because you're in an even crazier dream that you're going to be a gay kid from a small town that's going to somehow design cars. I mean, everything yeah. stacked against you. Everybody telling <laughs> you from the beginning, this can't happen, Brian. It doesn't happen to people. Like you, yeah. oh, look, right? I'm sure,
1: I remember. Yeah, you know, and I think a lot of people hear that story that that um, you're dreaming too high. Get off your high horse.
0: So, for a lot of people, they're just told, for a lot of reasons, they can never belong to this car design tribe. And your message is,
1: yeah, you can. And and it's even a little more than that because it's 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 basically telling people. You know, that something is innately not right or and it's that sort of ugly duckling story where the people telling you are only telling you it because they themselves don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> and so right, what you learn right. you know, you learn going through this is that it is a special field <laughs> and when you do get into it it's like, Oh my god, this is my tribe, this is the people I wanted to be with. And so, you know, um
0: And you said that when that when finally somebody listened to you and looked at the work you'd put together, even though your previous professors had kind of dismissed it and said, You ain't got it. Somebody looked at it and exactly. said, "They're wrong. You got, yeah, you I'll, got it. Yeah, They're I'll, the ones I'll, missing it." Yeah.
1: Well, then even they, you know, they weren't even relevant. It was, it was just, it was a wonderful feeling to know that, this, you know, this sort of struggle or sort of determination I had, uh, it actually there was an intuition there that was that was correct yeah. that I that there is this thing called cardigans. It's very special. I applied to the school. He said I got in. You know, and I and I um. I became a car designer yeah, <laughs> and I right. and you know you succeeded
0: I, I, where people had told you you couldn't. So let me ask you a hard question here. There, there are kids out here who would love to be in, who would love to emulate you, who would love to be a car designer. They, they feel the calling like you did. They think they have the talent and skills and interest to like, like you felt you did. Is this an industry that welcomes diversity cuz I got to be honest and I hope this doesn't offend you or any of your listeners but I grew up in the car business it's a macho at least it was in the 60s and 70s when I was there and my parents a dad worked for it and everybody's dad worked for it it was a macho kind of business and I don't think they would welcome LGBT contributors any more than they'd welcome women or minorities or anybody else this this was a guys culture a guys club <laughs>
1: You know, it's the the industry is changing, and I've watched the change. You know, it's seen it change a lot in two decades. But I and it's a it is and it's a beautiful industry where you have people creating these amazing products. You know that that move us. You know, both physically and emotionally. Yes, right. But I did I did see that uh, spending the time in it. Not only for 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 anybody that was not in the especially
0: world in Detroit, world, where I grew yeah. up. I mean, it was just this was a guys' club, macho. The horsepower, racing, yeah. building cars, engineers—all these things that you just, you, you instantly get a picture of a white male guy doing these things, right?
1: Well, growing up, I didn't really understand that being gay was even anything other than like the color of my hair. It's yeah, like, you know, <laughs> right. So, so I, I, I was okay. grateful that I had that going for me, uh, you know. But I, 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 I know that when I got into the industry, you know, there were some moments where I would see women put into a corner, or, or gay people put into a corner. And, and a lot of, um, and I saw...
0: African Americans, uh, Any, anybody that didn't fit that image of what a car guy was, yeah, right.
1: Yeah, and I, and I got sort of inspired by, I'd have these conversations with car designers that would want to reveal their sexuality to me, because I was just so openly out all yeah, the time right, anyway, right. that um, I, I, I didn't want to out them, but I had an empathy thinking, this shouldn't be how they feel. This shouldn't be how they feel. And I remember there was a moment at a design review at a, at a major car company that I, I designed for where an executive, uh, came into the design studio and we had the viewing court and we were working on a, you know, a futuristic model. And then for some context, we had some vintage vehicles in the studio. And I'll never forget the, the executive looked at a, a Datsun, an old Datsun from the seventies and said, well, that, that's a faggot car. And I, and I, and I looked at him and I, and something came over me. And I very quietly, I walked over and I, I, I took his coat sleeve and I said, will you come chat with me for a minute? And I and I said to him, and I was terrified, right? Because this guy, could he was way above me on the ranks. And I said, you know, you have to understand something here. People look to you to set the tone of the culture of this studio. And what you just said, well, I, I'm sorry, let me back up. I took his coattail and I said, first of all, I want to say that was my car. <laughs> and i, I
0: <laughs> Yeah. And then right. Are you talking about you. me, sir? Yeah, right. Yeah.
1: Well, no, well, <laughs> it wasn't a confrontational. It was very soft-spoken, and I said to him, you have to understand that you people look to you to set the tone of what the culture of this design studio is going to be, and in that comment, you just made it okay for homophobia to exist, and it creates a very dangerous precedent. With all due respect, I think that it would do wonders if you apologize to this group and take that comment back. And there was a moment where we looked at each other and it was feeding out of my chest. And you know, to his credit, it was a moment of non thinking and he went back and he said, I never should have said that. That was not something I should have he apologized to the group. Wow. And we went on and it was forgotten. And I and I just in that moment I thought, you know, you can be empowered. You don't have to you don't have to be violent. You don't have to be disrespectful,
0: Good for like you. you can
1: voice your voice in a moment like that. And, and and maybe in the way that, you know, who knows why he said yes. Maybe he just he had a moment of thoughtlessness, or maybe it was that I didn't, you know, sort of embarrass him in that moment. And yeah, um, right. I'll tell you what, it really inspired me to, uh, that sort of was the seed of this fun that I'm created, have created, has sort of coming to a cool.
0: It tells young Bryans of the world that there can be a place for you at this table, even though others tell you, or even though you might tell yourself, I can't be here. And whatever you think that limiting belief is, you seem to have a whole bunch of them. You came from a small town. I wouldn't think a little (laughs) small town kid would ever think he could get and design for a big car company. Come on, just don't happen, Brian. Come on. You know, we don't do that around here. I was
1: also very lucky to have – I had a grandma who would lay me on the bathroom floor while she'd do her hair, and she would imagine the world that I was going to design cars in. And so I'm always very grateful because I had that – that was like, you know, meditation before Eckhart Tolle and Oprah were selling the internet. It was like, you know, manifesting my future. So
0: So you're from a small town, you're gay, and then you're also (laughs) trying to get into this just by knocking on doors and not coming – your professors are saying, give up, kid, you ain't got it, you know. This is like everybody (laughs) – the universe is uh, is lining up trying to tell you you're like no what, what why is everybody saying this i've i've got it i want it i can do it and now you're telling others if you've got that determination and drive
1: then do it i think there's something in you that you already you know if you're born to sing you know you're going to sing if yeah. you're born to act you're going to act if you're born to create public policy that's what you're going to do and i was born to create car design. <laughs> i just yeah, was right. i knew it i knew it before i knew what the job was and i know that there are Kids out there in you know the, in this country and you know around the world that have that same energy and that sort of bubbling up sensation and they have the talent to back in, and they just need to be reached and so
0: well and you know, look that's at what we're doing and look at the car business today too I, I you know even more so than the 60s and 70s when my dad these big rough tough guys that were engineer types that were car guys that loved to work on cars and loved to drive fast and all that image that came with the romance of working in the car business here but who did they sell the cars to sold them to little old ladies they sold them to gay car designers they sold them to uh, single women they sold them to every ethnicity on the planet here more so than ever this is a global product you're selling a suit for everybody and if you only make a suit in one color like henry ford did if it only, you can get it in any color you want as long as it's black you know you're limiting your potential sales the whole world wants a car the whole world wants well, to be moved
1: know, and the uh yeah, it, the world wants to be moved. That's a really nice way to put it. And the the industry is changing. You know, we that's what we talk about a lot in this podcast is how much the industry is changing to right. you know niche level creativity where you're going to see more creativity, not less of it. Yes, uh, right. As these sort of production processes come along that allow for that. But yeah, we could dive into. It's that not
0: so. one size that fits all anymore. Here, it's uh, no, it's trying no. to adapt, uh, offer something for everybody. And we've come to realize in the world, much to our credit, that the world is much bigger than the world of white uh, anglo-saxon males that dominated the car business for 100 million years
1: yeah yeah, yeah and, it's, and, I, and it's, it's so cool to see these these younger kids that come into the industry and they just see the world so differently than you know i'm 45 these kids come in and they see the world so differently than even i did like um you know just the way they imagine and create is so different than than the way that i did when i was a, a young man But that spark of talent is there. It's always that talent. Can
0: I tell you one? Now you're going to get me to reveal here something. So my father was an executive with Chrysler Corporation. And his whole life, his secret, his ugly secret, wasn't that he was gay, wasn't that he was African-American or whatever. He was a poor Polak from the wrong side of the tracks. And had started off on the assembly line when he was 18. Then he went off and fought World War II and came back and said, I'm not going back in the factory, even though all his relatives are there. And in Detroit, the Poles were the dumb pole locks that worked in the factories. Mm, so all his relatives yeah. did. Because his father didn't have a Polish name, he was half Polish, he hid the fact he was Polish. And for my whole life, we were forbidden to tell anybody that we were half Polish. And in fact, one time he took a bunch of car executives down into the f- shop floor to walk them through the factory, and there was his uncle working on the line, slapping tires oh, on. And he was too embarrassed to go up and talk to him. Oh, he, no. he shunned him and couldn't admit that he knew this guy on the shop floor. So this takes many forms, my friends here, mm-hmm. uh, this feeling that you have to conform and be like them. Be, like, be who you are, and you will find your passion and purpose in life. Don't be like my dad and be a closeted polack his whole life here
1: <laughs> <laughs> over time he learned I mean, i'm sure he told that story as a learning you know? yeah so that's right i mean and i think that's you know a big part of you know. he was
0: ashamed of who he was and he thought that somehow if he revealed who he was he would be kicked out of this club yeah. that somehow had let him participate for fear
1: yeah right Being kicked out of the club but you know they they you know the world is changing i think there's you know there is you know when you embrace all the different types of people that you get, all the different types of creativity, right? So, <laughs> exactly,
0: but that's the beauty of what we're doing here. Well, then it's so these are worldwide car companies now, so w- yeah. why wouldn't they have every color, every voice, every part of the rainbow there? Because they're designing suits for everybody here. Well, yeah. I, I yeah. think it's phenomenal what you're doing. Uh, now, this, if people want to learn more about this, is just being put together. Now, you have a fundraiser coming up this week for those yeah. listening, uh, this week in Palm Springs. Tell us about that.
1: So, we've raised about $10,000 this year. When, we, you know, in the last year, the momentum has kind of been pretty cool to see people respond to this. We are having a really fun fundraiser at the Liberace State this Friday. Liberace
0: State. Okay. Just that's oh, yeah. worth going in and of itself. I bet that's wildly over the oh, top yeah. here. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, it's gonna be so much fun, and we have like a we have a uh, we have a chef coming in from San Francisco. Where I've donated one of my own vehicles. Uh, yeah, they
0: can win vehicle. a real car here, right?
1: Uh huh. Yeah, and we'll have an auctioneer there and dinner dancing, very '70s themed. It's October 18th this Friday from 7 to 11 p.m. at the Liberace State, and people can get tickets on Eventbrite by you know searching Palm Springs Events, or they just simply can go to my Instagram account. It's all about it right now, which is my name, right? Brian S. Thompson, that's B-R-Y-A-N-S, like Scott Thompson, T-H-O-N-P-S-O-N. That profile, in the profile is an active link to get your tickets, and uh, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a fun event. We're going to raise some good money, and The money, like I said, goes straight to the school. It already has a placeholder. And
0: they're going to provide the panel. They're going to judge who gets the fund, and this will help support kids that otherwise might not be able to afford these schools or might not think they could get in.
1: Exactly. That's what it's all about. Yep.
0: Well, Brian Thompson did it. You can too here. You know, my dad, the little Polak working from the factory, made it into the upper ranks and tried to hide it who he was his whole life here. Don't hide it. Be who you are. There is a room. There is a seat at the table. I think the car business is changing dramatically, and it's not just well, the male. First, right? Yeah, right.
1: Talent is first.
0: Talent is first, really. Talent. Yeah. My dad was very talented. What he did at sales, and they knew it. And he was very yeah. successful at it. So, you know, rely on your talent. And there is a tribe out there waiting for you to join. <laughs> right. It might be Probably. a weird tribe. It might be a little strange. It might be a tribe that everybody else doesn't understand. I think car people march to their own tune i really do i think (laughs) not just you know the designers of the world the whole car business grew up in the belly of the beast i grew up in detroit everybody's Uh father mother brother worked somewhere they either worked in the factories or they worked for the suppliers or they worked for the car companies it was a more than any other industry maybe other than the hollywood it's it's that kind of feeling everybody felt they were doing something big and cool and everybody yeah. was was excited to be part maybe the space program or something there are a few things like this that come to mind like that the car business is one of them
1: yeah and it like i said you know before it's changing as well the silicon valley startups are just uh, really giving the oems a run for their money but that again is a part of another podcast uh i hope people will come out Uh, You can also donate directly to the fund, and that information is also
0: on my Instagram Okay, on Instagram. So give it one more time. Just go to Instagram, and they can actually see your design because you have a pretty big Instagram. That's a place where uh, your tribe hangs out here.
1: No, I I obviously don't share any of the confidential work I'm doing because that's all in the future. But I've got car restorations and, you know, all sorts of cool, fun stuff. But, yeah, my name, Brian S. Thompson. And then also my website Brian Thompson Design. There's uh, links to the work and to the fundraiser. And
0: Every time you t- you give me your email, I always think of I'm from that era where Hunter S. Thompson, the gonzo oh. journalist, wrote, and he I always thought it was because he always had to say it wasn't Hunter Thompson, it was Hunter S. Thompson. So it's Brian S. Thompson, and like him, you're living it. You're out there, you know. You're not just writing about it. You're living it. You're in the. you are uh, we're, we're experiencing it along with you here.
1: You've also just made me realize that my, me and my brother are both named after Hunter S. Thompson because his his name is Chad Hunter Thompson.
0: Is it really? See, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Your parents probably knew that. Well, Hunter Thompson did, was I just no
1: idea
0: iconic, uh, you know, writer who who wrote experientially. He he couldn't just write about doing drugs if he wasn't doing them himself, you know. So he had to go in and experience the whole counterculture yeah. thing for himself and write it from the inside out. That's what you're doing with this podcast. You're telling us from the an insider's perspective, what's going on in the industry and how it's changing and evolving here.
1: Yep, absolutely. All right. A wonderful place to work and live. Well, All right, I, well, listen, thank you so much. This has been blast.
0: It has been. I understand now why you're driven by design and why you're driven to help others here. So good luck with both, and come on back and tell us more of these stories right here on Driven by Design.